Hello, Cleveland. Welcome to another episode of the Dogland Podcast. I am your host, Anthony Jokey. Today, we are going to preview uh, the Cleveland Browns and the Cincinnati Bengals. That kicks off on Sunday at 1 o'clock at Cleveland Browns Stadium. Football season is officially here, and of course, I cannot do this on my own. Uh, here to preview this game with me, I have Jack McCurry. Jack, how we doing, man? Doing well, man. Uh, just really excited about this Sunday. The NFL season's finally kicking off. The Browns season's kicking off. And I think we, de- we both definitely have high expectations for this football team this season. And uh, can't wait to get the season rolling on Sunday. Absolutely. I know that stadium is going to be electric. Uh, it's going to be a great atmosphere. We're definitely ready for football season to kick off. Um, so we have quite a bit to talk about and discuss on this podcast today. Uh, first off, let's start off with a couple uh, news items uh, before we get started here. And the Browns, uh, there was a deadline uh, for the Browns top 51 roster in terms of contracts. And at the deadline for it, the Browns restructured Wyatt Teller's contract, and they are now up to $35.3 million in cap space, which is by far uh, the most in the NFL. Uh, it's not so, you know, they can go out and get uh, somebody like Chris Jones or, or Mike Evans or, or anything like that. It's more so that they're able to roll it over for next year uh, when they will be technically over the cap uh, even after they roll over all this money uh, going into next season. Um, you know, they'll have to restructure some deals uh, when they get to the new league year. But, Jack, you know, they, they seem to be really smart with doing um, all of this cap work and, and what they've been focusing on um, is creating as, as much as they can, and it's just going to help them further on down the road. Yeah, I mean, this one was the one I didn't expect talking to Jack Duffin. Um, it kind of seemed like maybe they weren't going to restructure Teller's deal, but they did. Um, this actually puts them, Anthony, actually, if they don't spend any of this rollover cap or the, any of this cap that they currently have, um, they roll it over and they'll actually be below the salary cap going into next offseason. They'll be eight million uh below the um salary cap as things stand right now. And that's before restructuring Deshaun Watson's deal. And I think this is what it's all about is uh preparing themselves for the future. Um, I heard one NFL show talking about like how much money, like all the gambling's pumping in. Um for this. So the Browns might be setting themselves up for a situation where the cap might spike even further uh, with all the gambling revenue coming in. And the Browns might be preparing themselves to continue to maximize the amount of cap space they have going forward. So I think this is very interesting uh, that they've lined the, all these deals up, not only for this year restructuring the deals, but they restructured a lot of these contracts multiple years in advance already. Guys like Najoku, um, Joel Batonio, Miles Garrett, uh, they didn't do it with Wyatt Teller. I still think they could get out of it if they wanted to after this season with like a post June 1st cut. Um, but it's very interesting to see uh, not only Andrew Barry, but Jimmy Haslam kind of putting the money out there saying, we're going to do things differently than some of these other teams. We have the cash to do it. Uh, and we're going to try to maximize this window of hopefully great Cleveland Browns football as long as they possibly can. 
and without having a first round pick for another year, it allows them to be extremely flexible going into free agency if they need to fill a spot on a roster uh, that they deem is really necessary. So, you know, whether that could be receiver after this year, whether that could be safety, whether it could be, you know, defensive end, a linebacker, you know, uh, they will definitely have the flexibility in order to do that uh, going into uh, next offseason. But we'll worry about that when we get there. Um, right now, let's focus on the Bengals this Sunday. And there are two injury notes that are really important uh, for this game on Sunday. Uh, first off, Denzel Ward is back practicing after he uh, suffered a concussion or was in concussion protocol during the last preseason game. Uh, you know, still not able to to tackle correctly, I guess. But uh, he was limited yesterday in practice, and it seems like uh, being limited tells me that he will probably, uh, you know, be playing on Sunday, uh, which will be great for the Browns. And the other uh, injury note is that. Uh, Joe Burrow uh, appears to be ready to go from his calf injury that he had uh, about a month ago in practice. Jack, how how important is it that Denzel Ward is back practicing and that he might be out there uh, on Sunday against the Bengals? Oh, I think it's definitely huge. Um, you know, I'm confident in Greg Newsom and Martin Emerson uh, holding up against the Bengals receivers, but you know, Denzel Ward obviously is one of the top corners in the league. He matches speed wise with the guys like T Higgins and uh, Jamar chase. So it's obviously better if he can go. Um, we'll see. Obviously he's been limited the last couple of days. Um, I feel like it's probably going to be a game time decision if he can go or not, but the fact that he's out there practicing, um, I think that's, I think that bodes well. So we'll see what happens. Hopefully he can get out there and play, but Ultimately, if he can't, which I think it's obviously going to come down to whether or not he can pass all the tests and everything, um, I think this secondary is talented enough that they can still hold up if Denzel uh, can't seem to go on Sunday. Now, uh, this one kind of popped up uh, today. Yesterday, uh, Juan Thornhill was limited in practice with a calf injury. Uh, today he did not uh, participate in practice. Um, you know, if Juan Thornhill is not able to go, uh, I'm sure it'll go towards uh, Ronnie McLeod filling his spot. Uh, just talk about the importance of you know making sure that uh, you know Thornhill is out there too. Yeah, I mean this is definitely something we haven't seen. Was limited on Wednesday. Uh, did not practice today. Was on the side on the bike, probably getting treatment. Um, you would hope he can't, he can go, uh, but we do have Roddy McLeod, you know, you have Delpit, uh, you, they did keep on five safeties. So you could throw the Anthony bell out there. I don't know if they really want to expose Ronnie Hickman, uh, so quickly, even though he had a successful preseason, but I would imagine if, if it comes down to it, Thornhill will play, but that's definitely something to keep an eye on because much like, you know, Cincinnati's dealing with, Joe Burrow and his calf injury. We don't know the severity of Thornhill's calf injury, but hopefully it's not too serious. But I, I will think like if he's at least limited, I think he's going to give it a go on Sunday. Yeah. Hopefully, uh, you know, this was a kind of a, just a, a day of rest and, and working on the side to, you know, get him ready for, uh, to be able to play on Sunday. I'm sure we'll find out more 
on Friday about what his status will be for the game on Sunday. Now, the the big one is, you know, uh, we saw Joe Burrow go down uh, about a month ago with that calf injury. It appears that he'll be ready to play. Uh, but you have to wonder, Jack, you know, what his mobility is going to be like on Sunday with this calf injury coming back from it. Uh, we know how capable he is of extending plays uh, with his legs. And if he's not able to do that, uh, I think it would only – uh, you know, be really good for this Browns defense who boasts a really strong pass rush, um, you know, to get after the quarterback. And you have to wonder, you know, how much that'll hinder the, the Bengals offense if the Browns are able to kind of tee off on Joe Burrow and, uh, you know, keep him in the pocket as much as possible. Yeah. I mean, this is going to be interesting. I, I've heard um, on some reports that his, his calf might not be ready to go. And maybe what uh, Jamar Chase said, during training camp saying that, you know, we don't want Burrow out there. You know, he's the franchise quarterback. He's the long-term investment there. So yeah, you definitely wonder what the game plan is going to be. Obviously, you know, we'll talk about the offensive line, but maybe they're ready to go into like full max protection mode to keep Burrow in the pocket. But I still think even if you try to do that, this, the Browns pass rush and that defensive line is so strong uh, that they're going to, they're going to be ready to go. And I think they're going to give that offensive line a lot of fits. Burrow's going to have to scramble at times. And that you just hope, and even though like they're the opponent, everything, you hope nothing happens. You hope that that calf is almost 100% healed because you don't want to see a devastating injury happen to Burrow like that, um, especially in this competitive nature of football. Like I was telling people, I want to be, I don't, I want Burrow out there because I want the Browns to beat them at their best so that there's no excuse making at, at, at whatever may happen on Sunday. So, you know, it's going to be something to watch. The first time Burrow tries to scramble or tries to make a run, like hopefully nothing flares up with that calf or a potential like Achilles injury because that would be absolutely devastating to uh, not only him, but the Cincinnati Bengals as well. Yeah, you, you have to wonder how it's going to affect them. And, and maybe, you know, their game plan is going to be, you know, running the ball a lot with uh, Joe Mixon, you know, running the, the screen game, running these quick passes. They do have a lot of good receivers uh, getting the ball out of Burrow's hand quickly uh, to try to negate as much of the Browns' pass rush uh, as much as they can. Um, we'll see what their game plan is. But, uh, you know, if Burrow's not 100%, you know, I expect this defensive line to have a very strong day. Uh, because there there are still a lot of questions about this this Bengals offensive line, and we'll, we'll talk about that here in a second. And um, you know, if this Browns defense is is able to you know contain Joe as much as possible, um, it's going to be a really successful day for this Browns defense, and could ultimately you know lead to the Browns uh, winning this game on Sunday. Um, talking about that offensive line, you know, they did go into this offseason. They revamped the offensive line. They signed uh, Orlando Brown Jr. to be their new uh, left tackle. Uh, last year, according to uh, PFF, he had a 75.8 overall grade, uh, received a 77.2 in uh, pass blocking, 69.1 in run blocking. Is this enough uh, for this Bengals offensive line to, you know, protect Joe Burrow is the, the signing of Orlando Brown, um, you know, the, the answer that they've been looking for, or do they still need to do more? And what do you expect this Brown, uh, this Brown's defensive line to do against this Bengals offensive line on Sunday? 
It, it certainly helps. I mean, Burrow or not Burrow, Orlando Brown Jr. has been good. I mean, he's last year gave up 47 pressures in Kansas City, allowed four sacks, seven QB hits. So, I mean, he's not a perfect left tackle by any means, but he's been solid throughout his career, whether he was in Baltimore or once he got traded to Kansas City. Like, he's been he's been solid wherever he's been. He's, he has given up a lot of pressures. Obviously, he's not the most athletic offensive tackle at 6'8", 345 pounds, but he holds his own. So you would hope, for Cincinnati's sake, that he helps solidify that offensive line. Obviously, there's still questions at right tackle with Jonah Williams, who... In the offseason, asked out of Cincinnati. You got Lyle Collins, who was a free agent signing and didn't bode well, but the majority of that offensive line has begun to settle. You got Ted Karras at center, who had a good year last year. Alex Kappa at right guard, who had a good year last year. Still questions at left guard with Volson, but you kind of hope Orlando Brown, if I'm saying this speaking for the Bengals, that 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 signing helps solidify it, but he's got a tough task, obviously going up, whether it's against miles Garrett or Zadarius Smith, two of the better pass rushers in the NFL. So he's got a strong test right out the gate to prove his worth of that contract, which the Bengals guaranteed a lot of it. You know, they guaranteed uh, about 70% of that contract. So they believe in him to come help solidify that offensive line. Yeah. And, and he's going to have to, especially, you know, right now because burrow is in a hundred percent, they need this offensive line to protect him as much as possible and, you know, be able to give him some time back there. Even if it's just a couple seconds to get a quick pass out, uh, you know, if that's what their game plan has to be, you know, for the first you know few weeks while Burrow's trying to, you know, fully recover from this injury and, and be a hundred percent, this offensive line needs to really step it up for them uh, to, uh, protect him and make sure that he stays upright as much as possible. So that way, uh, that injury doesn't get re-aggravated or anything like that. Um, you know, for the Bengals, you know, they revamped their offensive line, you know, with that signing, but they also have a brand new secondary. They lost um, in free agency. They lost Jesse Bates. They lost Von Bell. They're two starting safeties. Uh, they signed Nick Scott uh, to uh, uh, from free agency. They drafted Jordan Battle out of Alabama. Uh, they have Dax Hill, uh, who was their first round pick in 2022. Um, you know, the secondary for them, you know, has some question marks. Um, so they looks like they're going to have uh, Chidobe Wuzier back, uh, who suffered that uh, injury against the Browns last year on, on Monday Night Football on Halloween. Uh, but the secondary for the Bengals certainly has some question marks. And, you know, the, the Browns might have an advantage here. Um, you know, we saw over the last couple of years, the Browns secondary, you know, have issues communicating and everything. And, you know, you have to wonder, Jack, you know, with having, um, you know, some new guys back there in this Bengals secondary, you know, how the Browns can take advantage of this, of the situation that the Bengals have back there. Yeah. I mean, we talked about it on our last episode when we started to talk about the receivers and, you know, some of the, the bets, the over-unders of what they can do. I, I think this is a good test for our offense to exploit their secondary because you said new names back there, um, trying to get the communication locked down between them. But make no mistake about it, the Bengals' secondary took a hit. Even though, like, you know, Von Bell was the, was the butt of many jokes uh, at times, him and Jesse Bates were solid. I mean, they drafted Dex Hill high last year, and there's high hopes for him. But you signed Nick Scott in free agency, and he had the second 
to last worst coverage grade among safeties in the NFL last year. And that's a chance for a guy like Elijah Moore or even, you know, David Njoku over the middle to exploit that. Um, obviously they got solid linebacker play with Logan Wilson and Jermaine Pratt, but you know, those safeties did not bode well. Um, you mentioned Chidobe Awuzie. He's coming off an ACL injury. I mean, he's, he's good to go. Wasn't on the pup list when camp opened. Um, but you know, you have to wonder, is he completely ready to go against the likes of an Amari Cooper or Donovan Peoples Jones? Uh, but the secondary is still talented. You got Mike Hilton, who's, you know, obviously been around the AFC North for a long time, whether it was Pittsburgh or now in Cincinnati, you know, the secondary is still good. It's still talented, but you know, there is question marks at that, at the safety position. So, you know, you mentioned they added Jordan battle, be interesting to see how they sprinkle him in, um, in his rookie season. Uh, does he ultimately replace Nick Scott, who obviously was a free agent signing, but I don't see him being a long-term fit there. So, It'll be interesting to see what this secondary does. They got a tough task right out the gate. Like we mentioned with, you know, Orlando Brown going against Miles Garrett and Zadarius Smith. You got two solid receivers uh, in Amari Cooper and Donovan Peoples-Jones. And then, you know, Elijah Moore, you know, when you get the ball in his hands, he's electric. And it'll be interesting to see how the Cincinnati Bengals uh, look to slow him down. And do you think this is a case where, you know, those three guys and David Njoku have the potential to have, you know, big games uh, this weekend? Definitely. I mean, if the offensive line gives Deshaun time to throw, um, I think, you know, those receivers and, of course, we can't, you know, not mention Nick Chubb. I mean, this is the potential to where, you know, our passing attack could expose that secondary as they look to, you know, you know, get adapted to one another and get comfortable with one another. It could be a, a sign where one of our guys can attack it and expose uh, whatever weakness that secondary has. But yeah, I think it's a, de- if a definite possibility that uh, our passing attack could surprise the the Cincinnati secondary on Sunday. And you might have to throw the ball this week because they, uh, excuse me, they still have a good front seven. You know, they have Sam Hubbard, they have Trey Hendrickson, uh, DJ reader, BJ Hill, uh, you mentioned the linebackers uh, that they have, so th- they ha- still have a good, you know, front seven. And you know, if it, if there's one area of focus for this Browns offense, it could be to, you know, really attack the secondary, push the ball downfield uh, as much as they can. So um, we'll we'll see how it all shakes out. I'm I'm, I'm very intrigued on how you know Sunday is going to play out uh, in terms of you know what their defense is going to be able to do with uh, that new look secondary that the Bengals do have back there. Um, another name that popped up on the injury report for the Bengals, uh, that we, I didn't mention earlier, uh, was Joseph Asai. It looks like he might not be able to go. Um, you know, they were hopeful that he might be able to, but he, uh, will not, uh, or it seems unlikely that he'll be able to go, uh, for the Browns. Um, you know, yesterday, Batonio and Cooper did not practice because of rest. Uh, Marquise Goodwin had an illness limited, um, Alex Wright is limited due to a knee, and we talked about Juan Thornhill and Denzel Ward already. Um, you know, with the um, injuries, hopefully, you know, we talked about earlier for the Browns, hopefully Denzel is able to go, hopefully Juan Thornhill is able to go. Um, you, how much do you think the significance of, you know, Joseph Asai for the Bengals not potentially being there is helpful for the Browns? It's defensive line depth, and I think they had high hopes. He obviously had a uh, severe ankle sprain. Um, so it was kind of expected that he wasn't going to go, but yeah, it's defensive line depth. 
So if you have Hendrickson or Hubbard that go down with an injury, I mean, it's, it hurts their depth among on the outside of that defensive line. So it's definitely going to be something to watch uh, for sure on Sunday. Or if they have to play a lot of snaps and they're very tired, you know, late yeah. in the fourth quarter, uh, that could definitely be, you know, an advantage for the Browns later on in the game on Sunday. All right, Jack, um, let's grab one key matchup for us both uh, for this game on Sunday. What is one key matchup that you're looking at uh, for the game on Sunday against the Bengals? It it has to be, you know, who, whoever in the secondary is available against Cincinnati's wide receivers. You know, the, the jaw jackings gone back and forth. Uh, Greg Newsom talked about it on Thursday, talking about how he has receipts um, from what Jamar Chase said about him, saying that he wasn't, you know, an elite corner, a great corner. Uh, you know, Greg Newsom's Got a lot to prove. He had a eventful offseason to say the least, but I think he's going to be hungry to try to prove to a lot of people that, you know, despite having a down uh, second year that he still has the abilities to be a top corner. And, you know, it's not even just him. It's Martin Emerson coming into year two, trying to show everybody that the rookie year wasn't a fluke. And then if Denzel Ward can go, we know how talented he is. He typically gets up for these big AFC North games. He's had great success against uh, Cincinnati with two uh, career pick sixes, one in 2019. Uh, Everybody remembers the one in 2021 going 100 yards, as Jim Nance said, 100 yards to glory. Uh, It's going to be such a fun matchup to watch. Our secondary against their wide receivers, uh, if Burrow can get the ball out quickly, which I would expect to be part of the game plan, um, how can our secondary and our linebackers for that matter, limit the Bengals passing attack. Cause we know how deadly it can be, but if our secondary can hold it down on Sunday, I think it's going to bode well for the Cleveland Browns. Yeah. I'm kind of, you know, there with you on, on the defensive aspect. I, my key matchup for me is going to be uh, Orlando Brown and on miles Garrett. You know, I know they're expecting a lot for uh, Orlando Brown this year. Um, you know, the, the Browns pass rush up front, uh, is going to be able to attack offenses all year long. And I, I think that we're going to be able to see the start of it this Sunday. And the, the key matchup there is uh, Miles Garrett and Orlando Brown. But, you know, obviously the Bengals offensive line still has to worry about, you know, Shelby Harris, Dalvin Tomlinson, Darius Smith, Okoronkwo. So I, I, I'm very intrigued on how, you know, this defensive line is going to attack. Um, this uh this Bengals offense and their offensive line and I feel like um they'll be able to you know have some good ex- some good success early on in the season and come away with you know a, a few sacks here in this home opener uh which definitely could you know lead them to potentially you know winning this game on Sunday yeah definitely I think that our offensive line or and this goes both ways, honestly. Our defensive line against their offensive line, but our offensive line against their defensive line. Because you got, like you said, Trey Hendrickson and Sam Hubbard going against Jack Conklin, who has dealt with injuries a little bit during camp and yeah, obviously the last couple of years. But then you got Jed Wills at left tackle. And this is a big year for Jed. Obviously, he, he you know, when they restructured his deal last year, it kind of all but guaranteed or early last week at all, but guaranteed that he's going to be back 
definitely for next season as well on the fifth year option, but he's got a lot to prove. You know, people were knocking him for getting manhandled by Miles Garrett uh, during training camp, but you expect that. You expect if Miles is not manhandling Jed Wills or any left tackle for that matter, it's definitely a cause for concern. But I think, you know, the battle in the trenches is definitely going to be what decides this ball game on Sunday, uh, especially in the fourth quarter. Well, it's, it's the NFC North. It's always going to come down to the battle of the trenches. I feel like, you know, for sure uh, across this whole division, uh, it seems like it, that's what it always comes down to. And ultimately uh, decides a majority of these games uh, in this division. So with that being said, Jack, what is your prediction for this Sunday? What uh, is going to happen between the Bengals and the Browns? Well, I, I've been I've been talking the smack to some Bengals fans, uh, some that I work with, some online. I feel so confident in this Browns team. And, you know, we barely mentioned, I think, the X factor on offense, and that's Nick Chubb. He's been so good against the Cincinnati Bengals throughout his career. Uh, in nine games, he's averaged 88.6 yards per game. Uh, he's got almost 800 rushing yards in those matchups, seven touchdowns. And he's also been a threat out, out of the backfield as well. 15 catches on 17 targets for 119 games. He was not seen at all during the preseason. And, you know, while the focus is on Deshaun in the passing attack, I think Kevin Stefanski and company is going to remind everybody, including the Bengals, that we still have Nick Chubb, the best running back in the National Football League. I think he's going to be key in this game. Uh, there is a threat of rain on Sunday in the forecast, so that'll be something to watch. But I think Chubb, is going to help lead this offense. And I think the Browns are going to shock everybody and come away with a week one victory and back-to-back -back years. I got the Browns winning 31-21 over the Cincinnati Bengals. So you believe the Browns will win their first home opener since 2004? That's what you're saying? That's what you're telling me? That is what I'm saying, brother. All right. Well, we we should have won last year, but we're not going to discuss uh, that one uh, any any longer. Um you know, I'm I'm there with you. I think that uh, this this Browns off season um, has has been really positive, um, as opposed to a lot of different off seasons that we've had and had the opportunity to talk about. Um, you know, they have put together maybe the the best roster that they have since the team has come back in 1999 in terms of you know the the, the quarterback, the receivers, the defensive line. Uh, the secondary uh, across the entire roster, and I I just feel like Jack that uh, all the positive momentum is on on their side right now, and you know having this week week one home game against the Bengals against the team that they've had a lot of success against in, in recent years uh, for whatever reason, um, and I just feel like they will be able to go into this game on Sunday. I'm not saying that they're going to, you know, blow the Bengals out or anything. It's not going to be like that Halloween game last year uh where they pretty much dominated the entire game. This 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 one's going to be close. You know, it's week 1. Um, you know, there's there's going to be mistakes uh on both sides uh from both teams. So, um we'll see how it shakes out, but I I think the Browns are going to win this one and I will say that the Browns win this game uh 34 to 28 and it's going to come down to uh, a last second uh you know attempt by the Bengals to uh get in the end zone to to try and win the game but the the defense and a strong secondary will will hold on here 
Um, and the Browns move to 1-0. And like I mentioned a, a few minutes ago, uh, win their first home opener since 2004 when they beat the Baltimore Ravens 20-3. to And Jeff Garcia was the quarterback. Unbelievable. Almost 20 years, but uh, yeah, uh, Cleveland Browns Stadium. I uh, got to get used to saying that. It, I think we'll be rocking Sunday afternoon once the Browns uh, beat the Bengals and get off to a fast start. And Anthony, I think that's so key about this season. Um, they can't afford to kind of be sluggish all the way at the start of the season because you have the the Bengals week one, you have Pittsburgh week two on Monday night, um, Baltimore week four, and then you have the bye week, and then you have San Francisco coming off the bye week. So they got to get off to a fast start here, and I definitely expect them to uh, start out one to know. Well, well, let, let me ask you about that. You know, you mentioned those first five games there. What would you consider success for the Browns in these first five games record-wise? Um. They gotta go. They gotta. They gotta win two out of their first three division games. I think. I think they can't afford to be sluggish, uh, especially in the division battle. Um, it's definitely key to at least get two of the first three division games because it's going to be so key towards the end of the season uh, when it comes to you know making the playoffs, um, winning the division potentially. Or so I think it's so key to start out strong that way you got Tennessee who has a lot of question marks coming into the year and then you have San Francisco as well so they definitely have to be at least two and three I mean three and two would be nice four and one or five and oh would be an amazing but I'm a one one week at a time approach kind of person but yeah they definitely need to start out strong especially in the division so if they can win two out of their first three against Cincinnati Pittsburgh and Baltimore I think it'll be a good start to the year that game against Tennessee is important too because that is an AFC matchup and the AFC matchups determine tiebreakers as well. So definitely uh, that game against Tennessee will be extremely important in terms of tiebreakers later on down the road because the AFC conference is so strong and so deep. Uh you don't know who is gonna, you know, make the playoffs in this uh in this conference. So um yeah, I, I'm kinda right there with you. I think three and two would be ideal. Um, you know, it, it kind of sucks that they have the early bye week, you know, after, after the fourth game, but you know, after three early division games and Tennessee who likes to run the ball a lot, you might need it, uh, early on in the season, uh, to, to rest up and, and get some people help, get some people healthy. So, um, it'll be very intriguing to see how it all goes. Uh, obviously we'll be here to, uh, recap everything and preview, uh, these games as they happen. We'll be back on Sunday night uh, to uh, recap uh, the week one matchup between the Bengals and the Browns. Hopefully we can have our first uh, victory pod uh, of the year in week one. Uh, it would be tremendous to have that two years in a row uh, on this, on this podcast. Jack, is there anything else you wanted to mention before we get on out of here? No, just everybody enjoy the weekend and, as always, I know, Anthony, you usually end the podcast this way, but go Browns. Yeah, absolutely. Um, be sure to give us a follow on Twitter at Anthony Jokey, J-O-K-I, at Jack McCurry, 8 uh, Follow The Dogland on Twitter, Facebook, Threads, Instagram, at The Dogland. Uh, with all that, we are going to get on out of here. And as Jack said, you know, it is the most important thing Um you know what? I'm going to change it. I'm going to change it up because you you hit us with the go Browns. I'm going to 
you know, hit you with a here we go, brownies, here we go. And with that, we'll see you all Sunday night.